Planet Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Planet Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's chat it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial so we can get this kind of road And get the future Generators wanna stop the whole thing But the message still is ready, we can start a post Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers Waking up the population, try to stop hypnosis Welcome, welcome to Chant Down Radio Where we deprogram from the deep program We don't need no G-O-V, us free will people Veto, veto people, we the people We the web and paint the easel We got G-O-D and we will be the real OGs We seek our dreams and we will bring the hero team Defeat the beast that feeds our ego Welcome to Chant It Down Radio. ChantItDownRadio.com is a website. I'm Loomis, I'm your host, and the title of today is, Is the World Ending? This is episode 185, and so um, this is a also a little talk I'm going to switch to at the end. I'm going to talk about infighting. I wanted to, they're kind of conjoined, so we'll talk about both. Um, this is probably going to be a long end of the year episode, honestly. Uh, so you may want to take it in portions. I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but um, first I'm going to give the year in review. So what I will do is I will timestamp in the description of this episode when the end of the world talk starts in case you want to skip ahead. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to first talk about the year in review, 2021 in review. And let me just say that if you're a first time listener to Chant It Down Radio, then maybe uh, you probably want to dig deep. Don't be afraid to go deep into the archives. And I say that on almost all episodes just because there's a lot in there of value way back. A lot of people discover me more now than they did before. That's normal with podcasts. And because you are possibly one of those people, you do want to go back. There's much value. There's not necessarily, not necessarily is the newest episode the best episode. So do that and enjoy, and there's lots to occupy your time with on this show. Okay, so 2021 in review. The one thing I can say is, well, what a year of advanced tyranny. Unfortunately, I have to say that. Yeah, I, I personally didn't have too bad of a year, but the world underwent an experiment, and we're just beginning to see the results now. And so, as a whole, the year was one of the worst yet, probably, in Earth's history. Um, ultimately, we saw little to no resistance against any of this coming in. At least, you know, mo- you know, I know you can't turn into the, tune into the me- mainstream media and get that, because they're not going to show you that. But at the same time, really, not much went on in stopping this. And once again, the masses have disappointed me even more this year than even 2020, and the injections continue. Uh, So 2021 was not a good year for Earth, 
it was not a good year for a lot of people that I know personally. A lot of relationships actually broke up that I know. Uh, yeah, um, not to not to taint this episode because I'm already going to talk about gloom and doom with the end of the world. But um, l- let me try to put my I'm going to put a positive spin on this episode. So don't think I'm going to go into a dark place here and leave you hanging dark. But I'm just saying this last year was well, you know. The beginning of the changes of the world as we know it into something else that is in these controllers plan book unfortunately um, but as far as chain it down radio in review just to look at this radio show this podcast in review I think we had some pretty good episodes this year um, the podcast the podcast grew a little with little to no promoting on my end, because I'm, you know, a pretty busy guy, try to fit this into the life that I live. Uh, some of some of the more notable episodes this year that you you guys liked, uh, and that maybe you newcomers would like to check out. Um, episode 157, Are You Thinking Dictator Think? And that episode had to do with how much of our how much of our our existence is is looking into uh, or is is in favor of the dictators by us following ideologies in this world that feed communism, or I would like to really call it instead of pigeonholing it like that because um, I I call it totalitarianism. That's what I would call it. So that episode actually was really good. I used some samples of Yuri Bezmenov, uh, the former KGB agent, talking about what it's what happens when you destabilize a nation. So have a listen to that if you haven't. Another episode that was a winner this year was Synchrodelics. A few of you really liked this episode. Um, Synchrodelics had to do. This was episode one fifty eight. Was um, was uh, about. Uh, synchronicity, explaining synchronicity, and how to promote it in your life, and the taking of psychedelics, and how that can, they both tie into each other, and how both of them are very uh, helpful to getting out of the stagnant life that we live, and really living real life. So synchrodelics is a nice thing, a subject matter that i wouldn't even mind coming back and exploring more on because I like giving you episodes like that, not just about what's going on in the world or what gloom and doom and all that. But as you can see, as I go through all these, that this episode, this podcast is all about variety. Another winner this year was episode 160, Upper Atmosphere and the Secret Space Program. And in that episode, I went over... Um, I went over talking about all the evidence of a secret space program, and I think it gave a pretty good, I think I gave a pretty good, uh, bunch of evidence out there that supports it, because there is NASA, which is the fake space program, and then there's the stuff that they really have been developing behind the scenes and it really goes deep, and I, I go to a lot of credible sources and things that that will we really cannot battle and 
um, assume that they're anything but. So, and I talk about the upper atmosphere as well, which has to do with, um, you know, uh, with uh, the um, satellites and all that too. So that was a real winner this year. Another episode that was a real winner this year was episode 161, the Georgia Guidestones, Mass Genocide, and PUFAs. And in that episode, we explore the Georgia Guidestones, who built them, what they, and the story behind them. And I then went into kind of a long lull in that episode where I kind of left the Georgia Guidestones behind and talked about what's currently happening with the uh, with in mind the fact that people want to uh, create genocide on this planet and depopulate it and what that's all about and you know um, what the guidestones are about. Of course, I went over and pufas, which are uh, something I made up that is pretty funny in that show. And people like that too. So that episode was definitely a winner. Uh, and check that out. Another one that I didn't... This one I, I really made on the fly. Like I didn't do... I don't even think I did any research hardly at all. And I just put it together like, you know, in a morning or something with my notes. Uh, was 162, The World Has Lost Its Marbles. And that episode was basically about... Um, the fact that all this woke mentality out there uh, in our movies and our culture and all the hypocritical things about it and how um, we believe in, you know, like taking out Dr. Seuss, but you can still go and see any kid can go see internet porn, you know, and it, it was just kind of a, a loose episode, but a winner with you guys. So, um, and in the world in 2021, definitely lost its marbles and its common sense and everything like that. So that was a good one. And then another one was episode 174, where I had on the whistleblower, Abrian Aguirre, locally resident here in Hawaii, who um, was a, uh, a, a nurse in the COVID ward. And, you know, he told us what's really going on. And that episode really went far with a lot of exposure I think a lot of new listeners came on the show because of that, because he was a, you know, just an insider that really knew what's going on. He talked about how these hospital protocols are what is killing more people than COVID and, of course, the vaccine. And he was a, you know, strong, convicted speaker into what he, you know, he, he's gone through. And, yeah, he's been, you know, censored a lot. And, and yeah, well, he's a hero. Uh, another episode that was a winner this year was episode 176, Anunnaki Return. I didn't expect this one to get that big, but I dove into basically the questions of what kind of timeline are we on, why are the elites rushing all this, and are they expecting a return from the others? Are they expecting that to happen, and what a huge world-changing event would it be if these these people that came from the heavens, supposedly in the Sumerian tablets, returned and said they were the creators of humanity? How much bigger that would be than just regular disclosure? And so a lot of people like that episode. I actually, I, I felt like I was stoned. I wasn't actually, but I, 
I felt like when I put that together, um, my show notes and everything, I sort of just improvised and kind of felt cloudy. Probably they were spraying that day. I think they were. And I, but anyway, it, it turned out like a lot of you liked it. So cool. All right. And then episode 178, Human Replication, about human cloning. I found that show to be quite um, a different subject for me to cover that I didn't know anything about. So when I released that, I learned everything along you know, the journey researching it, like, wow, this is uh, a bigger world than I actually expected it to be, and a lot of people enjoyed that, too. And then, uh, last episode I did, oh, no, sorry, not last episode, before, well, last episode was with Chance Garden, and a lot of you liked that one, he's a great guest, he's, uh, you know, a prolific speaker, and, and, and has a lot of knowledge into the occult, young guy that just has... Uh, uh, an amazing um, uh, wealth of knowledge. But um, the episode before that was Semi-Altered Homo Sapien, episode 183. And that one seems to be one of the most successful of the year. And what that one has to do with is uh, the um, the uh, EMF pollution. Uh, and I read a paper about how that induces people's COVID effects. And we went into talking about how the stuff that they've been spraying has changed our environment, according to Clifford and Carnicom, and, and a lot of stuff, and kind of put it together in one episode, and that's um, that's a good one too. So yeah, that was the, the year in review as far as that went. I had five guests on this year only, Matt Landman, Bob Tuscan, Naea Lindsay, Abrian Aguirre, and Chance Garden. And, well, that's not very many guests for a podcast in a year. I know that a lot of my episodes are like I have today. They are me monologuing, giving you a subject and focusing on it and exploring it. And, I don't know, should should Chan It Down Radio have more guests on this show? Would you like that? Or do you like my monologue shows? I personally like a mix of both. And I would like to actually get on more guests and kind of make it more even keel. Um, but, um, you know, it's easy for me to put together a show without a guest, but it takes a lot more work. So uh, there's there's pros and cons. Getting a guest can be sometimes hard with scheduling. So uh, and, and since I do work a full-time job, it's harder for me to get guests on according to their schedule. And I live out in Hawaii. So that's why I've always kind of been slim on the guest side. But I would like to raise up that in the next year to where I have enough guests on that it kind of balances out the show that way if you like that if you like that um I I mean write me let me know people beyond this at gmail.com I would like to get more guests on here and there what do you guys like so um I plan to keep making this show better considering that I do work a full-time job I think I do a pretty good job considering you know Will I ever be a full-time pos- podcaster and, and content creator? I doubt it. I would have to cover my bills. Uh, I live in Hawaii, and it, it's not cheap, and that's a lot of bills to cover. I will be, um, I will be uh, doing more truth-filled trajectory into the new year because I have gotten re-inspired for that show, which is my YouTube show channel that I haven't really – done and it's hard these days to do a YouTube show as a true speaker so that's what kind of really like got me like hmm well I gotta be really careful what I say but I'm gonna try to make some interesting videos as much as I can 
in time that I have. So, you know, I hope to get one of those out a month, maybe, maybe more. Just depends on my time and, and the things that come to mind that I can put together without censoring. So, yeah, that, that's what I plan to do in the, the, the following year, 2022, and that was 2021 on this show. Well, okay, let's talk about the end of the world, okay? Is it the end of the world? I mean, are we in the end times? For most Christians, prophecy is being fulfilled in God's speed. I mean, it is. And we, we will take a look at that. But also, what does the rest of the world think? What, what is all of the people talking about? The other religions, the indigenous even, um, even the modern world, you know? Uh, because no matter what belief system that you have, the 21st century alone has been a constant ride of fear. It's been one nonstop roller coaster of global events where really people haven't had time to get ca caught up. People are under, uh, people are, are, well, they're under mind control, but they're under trauma and they've never gotten over it. And this, this century so far has just nothing but trauma to people that watch the news and believe it. It's been one stop, non-stop roller coaster of global events, but possibly nearly all of them can be pinned directly on the elites. And we're going to take a look at that today, too. Um, try not to take this episode as gloom and doom. Again, I, I want to say that just because we are looking at what looks like a giant plan, and there is good news if we act appropriate now. At the same time, we must realize the time we are in. We should realize this now because, it, you know, there's so much apathy out there, so much lethargy, idleness, laying around, half-assness. And are you prepared for what may come? Are you prepared for mass change in the world? I mean, are you, are you thinking that way? You should be. Things are not going back to normal, and we at least need to know that. All of this injecting of a substance that has unknown, potentially harmful consequences is going to reveal itself. And I would suggest in 2022, at least starting, it's really going to come ramp up as far as you're going to see the effects of what is really in this stuff. Looks like we're in for a ride because people just won't wake the fuck up fast enough, unfortunately. And I've often looked at the entire 20th and 21st century so far as the end times. This whole section of time is, is if linear history is to be believed, okay? We suddenly had an explosion of advancement starting with the Industrial Revolution. And so this time period of technology snowballing is possibly the end times, all the world wars and the smaller war wars and and electricity and mass automobiles uh, flight radio movies TV modern appliances refrigerators washing machines uh, internet all this came in in a really quick time really yes maybe our lives it's been here and for you younger generations that's all you know and yeah all I know is electricity too. But it wasn't that long ago, none of this apparently was here. So these times are very unique in that thousands of years before, 
Not much had changed, at least in linear history, if we were to believe what we are told. And I think there are many things coming out now that we have had technology and it's been covered up, like Tartaria, um, and or even the Dendera light bulb in the ancient Egyptian days, you know. But just to stick to the topic, are these the end days? Are we in those times? Well, it certainly feels like it. We certainly feel like we are at the end of our civilization, or a turning point of some sort, the precipice of something big. We're on the edge of something uh, that is going to bring mass change, and it doesn't look too great. The Hopis say we are at the end of the fourth world. The first three worlds were destroyed by a cataclysm because man was ignoring Earth. And what is man doing now? Exactly the same thing. I mean, here's a Hopi man explaining their prophecy. So this is from his words here. Um, Hopi teachings refer to the nine signs. The first sign said the white-skinned men would come. The second said our lands will see the coming of spinning wheels filled with voices. In his youth, my father saw this prophecy come true with his eyes. The white men bringing their families and wagons across prairies. And just to add in there, uh, when I did visit the uh, petroglyphs called the Newspaper Rock in, I think it was Utah, or is it Arizona? Yeah, Utah. Uh, there were drawings of a wagon wheel, or, or what appeared to be. Maybe that was prophecy that came true. Okay, so moving on here. This is the third sign. A strange beast like a buffalo, but with great long horns, will overrun the land in large numbers. These white feathers these white feathers saw with his eyes the coming of white men's cattle. This is the fourth sign. The land will be crossed by snakes of iron, which are probably buildings, right? This is the fifth sign. The land shall be crisscrossed by a giant spider's web. I can only think of that as chemtrails. I've talked about that a number of times. Uh, that 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 uh, that there will be a uh, uh, a spider's web crisscrossing the sky in the future. Well, that's that's to me that that is definitely true. This is the sixth sign: the land shall be crisscrossed with rivers of stone that make pictures in the sun. So I would assume development. And this is the seventh sign. You will hear of the sea turning black and many things dying because of it. I would say that's an oil spill. This is the eighth sign. You will see many youth who wear their hair long like my people come and join the tribal nations to learn their ways and wisdom. Well, I guess that was the hippie generation. Maybe, you know, before they turned into idiots. And this is the ninth and the last sign. You will hear of a dwelling place in the heavens above the earth it shall fall with a great crash. It will appear as a blue star. Very soon after this, the ceremonies of my people will cease. Wow. So, are we expecting a comet, an asteroid, or some kind of extraterrestrial civilization crash? Or, star? you know, I don't know. I'm just theorizing, you know. But, just to say... To many indigenous people, they've been through the end of the world already, in a way. Their culture has been destroyed. Their way of life is gone. That once way of life that they all lived has disappeared in these end times that we have been living in for the last 
like I said, 20th and 21st century. You know, their life has mostly met their end. I mean, there are fragments of it still around, but not like it was. So there's that. And then there's Christians and Muslims that believe in an end-time figure like the Antichrist, while the Jewish are still waiting on their Messiah, but they also believe in a deceiver. So the three Abrahamic religions all do believe in some kind of end-time figure, such as the Antichrist. Well, the in the Muslim religion, the Sunnis and the Shiites have different view on the role of a Muslim end-time figure, known as the Mahdi, who will arrive before the return of Jesus. The Shiites view this person as someone who will establish order in the world and per turn people to Islam before the return of Jesus. Even though the particular events of the end are not completely spelled out in the Quran, it's sort of like that. Both Christianity and Islam see Jesus as the Messiah. Well, I actually didn't realize, realize that um, in Muslims saw Jesus as the Messiah, while Judaism rejects Jesus as the Messiah. We knew that. All three faiths see the coming of an Antichrist. Although the term used might differ in each, they, they see an end times world leader who opposes God and his rule. The Muslims call him in, uh, I guess it's the Sunnis, call him Dajjal. In Judaism, in Judaism, he is called Armelis. Well, in Christianity, he's known as the Antichrist or the Beast. In all three faiths, the Messiah defeats this end times world leader who opposes God's law. So, there's that. Uh even though the time is hidden, according to the Quran, there are signs which Muslims are told to watch for. These signs are recorded in the 81st and 82nd surahs. So they list environmental effects which affect the whole earth. When the heaven is cleft asunder, when the planets are dispersed, when the seas are poured forth, and the sepulchres are overturned, a soul will know what it hath sent before, and what left behind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what, and another, another one says, and when the pages are laid open, and when the seas rise, and when the sky is torn away. So, you can look that up if you want. All of these religions have been through the hands of rulers, kings and even dark orders so we have to remember that and we have to remember that people have used religion to control people for for forever so there's that but you could also say that at least these religions are prepped for an end time compared to your average everyday systemite who really doesn't believe in much at all a lot of people don't believe in much at all. I've gone over that on this show before. There's a large percentage of the population that doesn't really believe in really anything. Not saying that they're atheists. There's a large percentage that are that too, but people that just don't really subscribe to much. And I'm kind of one of those people because I don't want to pigeonhole myself, but I, I, I 
like to stay spiritual, but there's a lot of people that are just materialistic nobodies as far as getting into the spirit. Well, then there's the um, Eastern religions like Hinduism and Buddhism. When it uh, when it's time for the planet to end, astronomical catastrophes of all kinds happen, and its inhabitants, those who are alive and those who are not, experience a process of judgment in which the destiny nation of every soul is defined. So it and it's said to be a natural cycle, like you know, it, this happens um, in in Hindu and um, Buddhism. It's a natural cycle of the universe, and it happens to every single planet periodically as a way to renew forces and evolve. You know, as as Hindu belief holds that. Everything in nature, from cells to galaxies, evolved through a continuous process of death and rebirth, becoming better at every new life. So there's those ways of thinking too. So even those people, I, I you know, that are deep Hindus and Buddhists, may believe that you know there's a purging happening. Just to say. You get the number seven a lot with the end of the world, um, and the beginning too. You know, seven is the number of creation, seven days of creation, which is symbolic, not literal, because if you go into the Sumerian tablets, there's the seven tablets of creation, uh, the seven chakras in the body, seven seals of the apocalypse, and seven levels of consciousness that humans evolve through in Eastern traditions. There's a lot of sevens. Seven is the number of God, usually. Well, six is the number of man. Now, this is this is something I'd actually never heard of this religion, really. I'm not real versed at Middle Eastern culture, you know, because I'm way out here in Hawaii where we're all the opposite part of the world. But um, And I'm not even sure, sure I'm going to say all these names right. So, But um, Zoroaster was an ancient Iranian prophet whose teachings eventually formed the Zoroastrian religion, the very first faith which focused on a single god. Dating back to the 5th century BCE, Zoroastrianism is one of the oldest religions on the planet. According to Zoroaster, the end of the world will be ushered in by a comet called Gochihir when it strikes the earth at some undetermined point in the future. This impact will burn up the world, resulting in a boiling flow of metal and minerals which will flow over the continents like a river. So there you have, you know, one of the very first in the world putting that forth. And then there's a Norse version, the Norse peoples, the, the Norwegians and the Scandinavian part of the world, where a future battle between the Norse gods and their enemies the giants. These giants begin destroying the gods' realm as well as the cosmos. One of them, Surt, will bear a flaming sword that ignited the lands in his wake. Another creature, Farron, the giant wolf, will run with his lower jaw on the ground and his upper jaw on the heavens, consuming the very sun. Finally, a titanic serpent rises from the sea to join in the battle against the gods. The gods fight valiantly at the end, but many die and all the lands sink into the sea 
and a reversal of the initial creation process. Well, this part about this giant creature coming out of serpent that rises out of the sea, it does mirror Revelation in the Bible, where a great serpent rises from the sea. And you know, a lot of these things, again, are related. Um, a lot of these things that are seemingly isolated often are related. And I mean, also, you could, you could look at this Norse version of the end of the world, and you hear about, well, giants. We know about giants looking at mythology on this with, you know, the ancient days. And could this be E.T. warring factions? Could it be different factions of extraterrestrials or interdimensionals, you know? The Assyrians, who were around, who, they were around sometime after the Sumerians had the first end-time prophecy. This is... It, it claims that the earth, this is in a, in a tablet, it's, it claims that the earth was in its final days in those years and that the world was slowly deteriorating into a corrupt society that would only end with its destruction. Well, I would say we're there. We're definitely into a slowly deteriorating world into a corrupt society. We've been there. We're the, we're the, we're the frog in the pot. We don't see it at first, but it's here. Um... And if you believe the Zechariah Sitchin version of the Sumerian tablets, you got the Anunnaki return with the arrival, the arrival of Nibiru. I mean, that is a prophecy. And in fact, that would actually be the first real prophecy before even the Assyrians. So, you know, you got the, the end of the world is not just, just one thing. It's a lot of things. Um, Nostradamus was born into, was a, he was a um, French uh uh, he was a French prophet, or he was a saint. Actually, I don't think he was any of that. I think it was just a, I think he just was a, he predicted um, a lot of things, really. Uh, he was born in France in 1503. He initially gained recognition not for his prophecies, but his work as a physician treating victims of the Black Plague, which is kind of interesting, which was ravaging Europe at the time. It was later in his life that Nostradamus began writing down his predictions for the future. So he predicted three antichrists, and one of them was Napoleon, the other one was Hitler, and, and the third one is, as, is what Christians and a lot of people are predicting, and uh, as well as a third world war. And he may have predicted 9-11. He wrote, Earth-shaking fire from the center of the earth will cause tremors around the new city. Two high rocks will war for a long time, and then Erethusa will redden a new river. Proponents of Nostradamus' prophecy suggest that the new city he refers to is New York City, and the two high rocks and the center of the earth refer to the two towers that were the part of the World Trade Center. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it's possible, right? Um, it is possible, but... He did predict a lot of things, so there's his side of things. The problem is he wrote his pro his prophecy in rhymes, so it's not it's not um it's kind of hard to read. I've tried, uh, but um it's good to check them out, right? Uh, so yeah, all these different people talking about the end of the world, even science. 
You know, science is all about the end of the world these days, climate change, or should I say science in quotes, okay? You know, we got doomsday clocks in classrooms, kids learning that, that you know, they, they have like less than now than 12 years left because of climate change, yet New York was supposed to be underwater by 2015. Well, they didn't get that right. And people have no idea about weather modification, chemtrails, and, and all this, these, all these ionospheric heaters, they have no idea, right? So that's what's making the climate change. But what this does, this unites the world under one thing. So this is the great deception. And this is what um, a lot of people are falling for, you know. But they believe in their end of the world, you know. People that are all into science, that's their end of the world coming. I mean, Hollywood won't even leave you alone with, with a bright future either. I mean, every movie is a, about the future is dystopian. You know, transhumanists actually don't believe in the end of the world. That's maybe somebody that doesn't. Satanists, I don't think, believe in the end of the world either. Transhumanists believe that they think that we can reach immortality by merging with technology and soul transfer and all this crazy shit. So there's some people that don't actually believe in the end of the world, at least that I know of. I can't find much in Satanism or uh, Luciferianism. There are many sects of those sects, uh, sects of those different uh, belief systems too. Yeah. So with the COVID pass resembling the mark of the beast, that's pretty much Bible prophecy coming to pass. So we have that going on right now. And I, I, I never diss the Bible on this show. Maybe you notice that, or you know, it's not a book of lies. There's still many good things in there. I just think it's been through many hands, and you can you can plainly see that the 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 Pentateuch or however you pronounce that first five books of the Bible are are clearly based on the cuneiform tablets of Sumer, Akkadia, and Babylon. We're talking about you know older stories, so you know we've discussed that a lot. But Revelations and Daniel are definitely coming true. Those are definitely. And there are other chapters too, and, and and stuff. But those those things are definitely seeming to come to fruition. And notice this: who is Hollywood always knocking on and dissing? Christians. And that the 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 way that the liberal media and the school system have attacked Christianity for so long has got to make you wonder, you know, why a little. Yeah, yeah, white Christianity in America, for example, and, and Britain and the Western world is an easy target. You know, the racism of the past, the conquering of the native peoples in the name of God, and there's a lot to dislike with that, sure. But how often is that overlooked at? How, how often is that emphasized? And how often are we ignoring what other people have done, and why are they always picking on Christians, you know? Be, every religion has a trail of corruption and, and hypocrisy with it. it. Every religion has some, you know, I mean, you could go into the Islamics and how many slaves they've had. I mean, you know, it's like, why aren't these other things being focused on? But it's always Christianity. It's got this really, gets this really big slap by the system. And why do they hate Christianity so much? It makes me think that Christianity has something that the dark occult does not want, you know, 
And I've thought maybe it's because the prophecy in the Bible reveals their plans, but the controllers have had many years to change any part of the, of the Bible that they want. So, so why would they decide to leave a part showing their plans? But then I got to thinking, well, maybe it's because of their, their karmic law that they abide by. Um, can't think of the word, but in, in other words, they have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Predictive programming, yes, but um, it, it relieves them of saying, yeah, well, we told you we were going to do it. You didn't do anything about it, so we're going to do it. So it's somehow they get away with it karmically, but they really, they really won't. But, uh, you know, so um, I've thought about a lot of that stuff, you know, but why? Why do they hate Christianity so much? Um, there are good Christians, and they're not portrayed in our media and stuff. There are good people out there, too. There are dumbasses, like everywhere. Uh, but I'll talk to anybody of any faith. I don't care. So obviously we got the mark of the beast with the vaccine passport, or at least pre-mark of the beast, because people don't exactly have a, a chip in them or in their head or in their hand, but it looks like they're, they're building an operating system with all of their, their, the internet of bodies being filled with crazy ingredients. In other words, they call, it's funny how they changed that name, huh? So lately, some prophecies really been fulfilled, at least apparently. Um, the statue in front of the United Nations building, if you're aware of that, uh, recently the statue was put in there and it's described exactly in the Bible. Uh, this would be from uh, Daniel, okay? I saw my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up out of the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. All right, so this statue has wings like a, and looks like a lion or a leopard, has bear paws, and um, yeah, it's it's so and it's creepy looking, weird looking, right? And this is Revelation here. And the beast, and the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So what, I mean, what, yeah, if it was in, in front of another building, I might actually just say, ah, oh, well, you're just reading into this too far. But um, the, uh, you this is in front of the United Nations. And the United Nations, if anyone's setting up a one-world government, is going to be <laughs> the uh, you know part of this 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 plan. Of course, they are. Um, this statue here. I'm looking at it now. Is uh, what is it called? Um, it is called. The Guardian is it's called the Guardian for International Peace and Security. It sits on the Visitors Plaza of the UN headquarters. So, is it a fulfillment of pro prophecy, or is it just a coincidence? Well, I looked into it a little bit, and one thing that I looked into was um, uh, that uh, well, although it's identical to the description, it is a Day of the Dead statue made in Mexico that was given as a gift 
to uh, New York City, somewhere in New York, somewhere in, in, well, they're all in New York City and I think D.C. But yeah, this one is definitely, well, it's certainly, it's either they're trying to make it that way or it is the actual statue prophesized. You, I'll leave it up for to you to, you know, um, make up your own mind. But it's easy to jump at anything at these times, you know. I'm not saying it wasn't prophesized, but yeah. And here's another thing. So, um, at, regarding the Antichrist, Prince Charles was at the, the COP26 summit, and he did a speech, and the one thing he said was, uh, I'll just read you a quick little thing from it, a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal. Well, who's he? Who are they talking about? There's no king... Is it the king of England? No, I don't think so. Who's his disposal, right? So some people are jumping at that as that's revealing that there's an antichrist here. Maybe, maybe not. The problem I have with Revelations is there's so many ways to interpret it. I read it, you know, I have recently for the show. Um, it's so complicated and it's so hard to visualize because... You try to visualize it and relate it to what things are here, but it's hard to know. And let me say, I'm not a Bible scholar, nor do I prescribe to any organized religion, but I can lend an ear to anything. And it's an important skill to have, I think, as I get into the second part of today's talk. We're really going to talk about that, too. I think there's validity to the end times in the Bible, um, whether it's been tampered with or not. Uh, I I really think there is something to it, you know, at least a little bit. I've but reading the Bible, a lot of the battles in Revelation occur in the heavens, and it either could be in the spirit world, or it could be in space. And you have to read it with several eyes open at the same time, if you know what I mean. You know, it could be ET battles and warring factions. I thought about that. Could be in a, another dimension could be in actual heaven if you believe in it. You know, there's so many ways to look at it. But to me, it seems that some of these descriptions in Revelation could have already happened and could be past wars like World War II and dropping nukes and, you know, um, how many people died from this and that. It makes you think that maybe we're just deep in the end times and all that other stuff in the beginning. It's already happened. I'm just going to read a few different real quick passages, because I don't want to bore you or anything, but that um, might be true to our times. I'm, I'm going to just briefly go through it here. I have a Bible, and um, let me see if I can. Yeah, here we go. So uh, here, this this is out of context, but just, just think of this for a second. They have power to shut the sky so that no rain will fall for as long as they prophesy. And they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they wish. Well, who, who are we talking about? I mean, this, to me, to me, this, this knowing the power that our controllers have, um, it sounds to me like chemtrails. I mean, they could 
they have the power to turn the rivers and oceans into blood. I mean, they have the power to control the world, the weather, and have any kind of plague they wish, dropping it on the humans. You know, is it weather control? Yes, that passage was taken out of context. It's talking about two prophets, but a lot of this stuff is symbolic and metaphorical, so we don't really know. But this entire vision of Revelation was given to a man called John. and We don't know who it is because Christians went under different names at this time to avoid being persecuted, so they don't really know who this John particularly was. I guess it was not the regular prophet John, and it was not John the Baptist. So uh, this guy, though, was in a cave on a Greek island. And was he psychedelic-induced? Who knows? All right? I don't know. But also this, I read this too, and this stood out to me. All right, so, and their bodies will lie in the main street of Jerusalem, the city that is figuratively called Sodom and, and Egypt, uh, the city where their Lord was crucified, and for three and a half days all peoples, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. Well, I don't know exactly what that's pertaining to, and like I say, it's very confusing. But I got I uh, got into um, some research, and the Department of Homeland Security has a program. It's called um, Small Business Innovation Research Program. It released eleven topics for the new Small Business Innovation Research. Sounds innocent enough, right? But some of the stuff they talk about, and I'm not going to go over a lot of it here at all, uh, just this particular one, was um, it has a serial number, Mass Fatality Tracking System, MFTS. So I, I went and did a little research. The DHS SNT Project Responder 5 report, August 2017, identifies one of the capability domains as casualty management. This topic addresses three of the four capabilities within the domain. The ability to identify the location of injured, trapped, and deceased casualties on the incident scene. The ability to track the status of known and potential casualties from the site through reunification. The ability to manage and track large numbers of fatalities through all masses of response. This requirement has also been confirmed by the National Disaster Medical System and the FEMA's DMORT services team. This effort will propose the development of or adaption, adaption of a low-cost and spatially aware electronic tag to catalog all human remains location information with a centralized cloud-based data storage and display tool. The proposed effort will be required to remain viable in harsh outdoor environments and self-powered up to 30 days. It will establish a recovery ID number to serve as the initial identifier to allow for a fully connected and relational information management solution. Data attributes would include victim slash environmental details, photos, and general descriptive text. The solution will ensure that all investors, radiologists, forensic patho patholo pathologists, forensic dentists, etc., have the point of recovery location details available to expedite the identif 
identification of remains and ensure that a comprehensive record of all the remains recovered has been initiated and maintained. I know that's a lot of stuff that I just read you, but what that's saying is basically they can identify any body that has been killed in some kind of whatever the problem incident could be through a tagging system. And when I read that thing in the Bible about the fact that no one would be allowed to bury these bodies because they're not able because they're able to be tracked, it did make me perk up a little bit and think maybe it's not related, maybe it is, but it's just interesting. Uh, it could be a hole worth exploring. Okay, let's move on. What What's the Antichrist going to do? So I did want to read one more quick little passage, and this is what one of the things he's going to supposedly do. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching and with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the world who belonged to this world. So, yeah. And wh whoever this person is, if you believe this is going to happen, whoever this is, and I believe there is going to be a great deceiver myself too, uh, will deceive people, and people will think he's great, and... The crowd will be all about them, guaranteed. Just like the crowd want, thinks that their their vaccinations work when they don't. <laughs> this is the same crowd that is going to fall for this guy, because or entity possibly, whoever he is, and I don't know. But people are going to be deceived by this person and think he's just great. And if you're against him, they're going to believe that you should be killed. So this is a possibility of our future. And I notice him mentioned a lot with the worship of a statue too. You know, that's all I want to touch on there. Okay, so that's that's some stuff to think about into the world revelations. But if you are a Christian and you are a listener to this show, because I speak to all, I don't care who you are. I want to talk to everyone. And um, I think that if you are a Christian, listen to a local pastor we have here in Hawaii that actually does know the truth. He talks about some of the stuff that I talk about, um, and I think he's actually pretty good. His name is J.D. Farag, F-A-R-A-G. Go to his website, jdfarag.com, because if you're a, a churchgoer and your pastor is not talking about these things like this guy, J.D., then you need to go to a different church or not go at all, because this, you know, this is the time we're in, obviously. So there's the Christian angle, okay? And that's pretty big. But the question is, are the elites following it as a script, or are they just acting it out in prophecy? You know, let's look at the world. Let's just look at the world itself, just on an observational level. Now, look at the condition of the average person, the shallowness, the lack of knowledge, the dysfunctionality, the... the lethargy, the the lack of motivation, right? We are indeed in times of, of great starvation of the mind and great ignorance. Yet we have all the information 
available in the world at our fingertips, but people don't use it for that. And that alone shows we are in the times in need of a change because people are not prioritizing that they could be incredible human beings, but instead they are being just these these know-nothings, you know? But look at what the elites have done to humanity too. This didn't happen by itself, right? I mean, we've been purposely dumbed down. We've been purposely made less conscious through media mind control telling us what to think, how to think. Purposely, our attention spans have been lowered, so we don't have that. I mean, I bet you most people listening to this, and I'm not trying to offend any of you, but I'm sure that listening to this entire podcast from start to finish with, without stopping is hard for a lot of people because our attention spans have been lowered, including myself. You know, uh, Also, we've been dumbed down through the poisoning of our food, water, and air, stuff we sometimes can't help even, right? Uh, they've been destroying the family unit. They've been importing drugs into communities. People have been destabilized by design. People have been weakened. People have been been uh, the vitality has been taken away so that's why it always comes back to the elites we can pin it on them again and again and when you study these elites and what they are capable of they then you realize that all this time is really kind of just made up by them because most people have no idea that they have the powers of God through weather weapons. They can make it rain anywhere they want. They can make it drought anywhere they want. They can make, uh, they can make um, lightning storms happen wherever. You know, um, they have scalar weapons to create earthquakes. They have ionospheric heaters at their disposal. They have all these machines that can actually create the powers of God. They have. Um, they have uh, they they have holograms. They have uh, Project Blue Book type stuff, uh, which apparently will be put to work. Who knows? So even though the Book of Revelation talks about earthquakes and weather being funny, this is all this has all been done on purpose by the elites. Um, I covered in episode one eighteen another favorite of you guys way back, right? Uh, it's called Where is Civilization Going? I talked about how this civilization has ran its course. We've taken pretty much every sport, music, and endeavor to the limit, right? And also how they don't make things to last anymore, um, whether it's your appliances or your, you know, your electric, your technology, your computer, whatever. Um, that, and, and movies are mostly shitty now, you know, and they're just repeats of things and remakes and everything is weaponized. There's nothing innocent anymore. You can't just watch something and, and just not see, and you can't unsee this stuff. And there's a lot to be said about the loss of innocence and what that does and how you don't get that back. And I do feel like our civilization went, went through its golden age. It had its time. It hit its peak. And now it's just becoming worse and worse, consciousness-wise, especially. And a lot of people in the world think that we are... I mean, there's a lot of, lot of systemite normies out there that think that we are at an amazing time because of technology. 
and because of the internet, we can learn anything we want. Yeah, we can learn anything we want, but are we? We're not. A lot of us aren't, you know? Um, a lot of people have no clue that technology is being used against us, and, and we are not going to benefit from it, and that this 5G infrastructure was completely set up while we were sitting at home in 2020 being, uh, you know, stuck in our houses under house arrest, you know? And the politics have gotten so rotten. I hate po politicians and politics, period, because I chant it down and I don't believe in government. But the Biden administration, I mean, what they are pulling off right now would be inexcusable even 20 years ago. And now it's, 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 it's uh, being allowed to happen, you know? And I can't believe that people can't see what's going on. I can't believe that. To believe that this reality is going to stay this way for too much longer is lunacy. So we must really think that. You know, you got to, whatever angle you're looking at this from whatever religious background or any background in general. And so at the same time, though, I believe the planet and life itself to be cyclical. I, you know, the Mayans didn't say the world was going to end, but was a new cycle and so here's my big problem with the religious beliefs of the end of the world um is it comes with a defeatist attitude it's like oh just let it happen you know uh it's going to happen and there's nothing we can do about it it's been prophesized so you know just just you know let go and let god right um or could we do something about it? Couldn't enough good people make this world a better place and turn it around? I mean, if it's all these elites fooling the masses through their fear programs and their trickery and their 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 trauma-based mind control, you know, then humanity could wise up and take them down. Maybe it would be tricky if, you know, let's say on the deep end here, bad aliens were involved, but I don't think that they are allowed to openly intervene with humans. I think humans have to do hum human conflicts, and I don't know, I, I just, from what I've researched enough, I don't think they're just allowed to just come out, and I think they, and I don't, I also don't think they can stay in our physical world that long. That's why people often mix them with spirits, and often mix them with, uh, you know, like out-of-body experiences almost. Um, not always, but sometimes. And that is if you believe in the ET aspect of things, and maybe you don't. But you know me, I always consider it on this show. That's why I've done almost 20 uh, episodes in my Beyond Earth miniseries here where we explore and strain the bullshit, you know, um, we the heavy bullshit if possible out of the ET Phenomenon, and I personally think that all of that comes to play in the last days too. You know, all, all that should probably be revealed to us in these last days, or the end of this cycle, or whatever we want to call it. You know, it's not like we're just going to run into a wall and the world's just going to blow up. I mean, it doesn't seem that way, and I could be wrong. Okay, but right now the truth is being revealed to many. Now, I mean, people are being red pilled like never before and it's not anything of of our work in the truth 
research community. It's just the fact that the world is becoming crazier by the day. So here's the second part of my talk today. So I've kind of gone into that, um, but let's let's we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the end of the world. But that's kind of what I mainly have to say. Let let's get into. That. So conspiracy research has always been right. Um, there's always been a central force making conspiracies behind our backs. And that's why I've always stuck to this as more of my core focus than any of the other things that I, I cover on the show. If, if we're going to try to stop what's happening, we have to come together. And as, as a true speaker, I like to speak truth in my best ability. And if I make mistakes along the way, it's because I'm still learning. And I'm pretty, pretty – uh, I'm getting pretty deep in this truth speaking now coming up on 23 years of my life and that's getting way over half-life now but I'm still learning there's 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 this endless and once you think you got it all you don't there's so much more right um, and I, I think it's safe to say that we all are still learning you know even people like Jordan Maxwell or G Edward Griffin could still be learning or Michael Tessarian, or David Icke, whether some of them want to keep learning or not. Some of them do. Michael Tessarian, definitely. David Icke, probably too. I, I think all of them are great people, you know. But I feel like people of that many years have accomplished their great works and are kind of feeling like they've fulfilled their greatest purposes. But they could still be learning. But they've done excellent work, and, you know, I'm very thankful for those kind of people. Because we as lockdown humans have been kept from the knowledge of the world. We don't know. We are taking the best guesses we can at the knowledge that's been hidden from us. Just think if we were able to read from the Vatican Library. Not that any of us, not that I could read any of those languages, but, you know, just thinking. But anyway, what disappoints me left and right is all the infighting we get out there. While we're all just trying to survive enclosing tyranny coming for us all you know a, a, a few years after getting into this information I was living on the west coast of the United States um, and I met green green anarchists and became friends with some of them and I've told bits of this story on shows I didn't agree with everything they talked about and I was always fishing for ways to connect them to this truth or info so to speak and I think that they enjoyed my tidbits of truth as long as I didn't go all out and bomb them with too much. But I was able to connect with them and kind of see where they're coming from, and, you know, and, and ditch all the things that made us different. It doesn't matter, you know. But let me read you a small bit of hate mail I received a while back. I barely get any hate mail. In fact, it's rare, and I, all the ones that I've gotten, I've read on this show here and there. But once in a while, someone decides to take a dump on my work, and that's okay. It, it, you put yourself out there. No one ever is going to like everybody in the world. Um, my uncle told me that. He said, you know, there's ne no one – everyone is not going to like you. It's just the way it is, you know. He had conflicts with his neighbor. He was a great guy. But not everyone's going to like you. Okay, so here it is. Loomis, I 
think you're just a cherry picker and a wannabe. You say you got your knowledge from an insider named Sherman. I figured out where you got that from. Linda Moulton Howe, the UFO shill. She got information from an insider named Sherman. You talk about the system tentacles. There's a book called The Octopus of Global, Con Global Control. You stole from that. And when you talk about natural law, that's just, that's from Mark Passio. You're saying nothing new to me. The earth is flat. Quit talking about space. That's it. And when I first read that, I thought it was a joke. I was scrolling down further like I was waiting for, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I will segue in, it, it will segue into to what I want to cover today. I, I just want to start off by giving you guys a, bra a background to how I think in response to this, you know, because, okay, I come from early to mid-90s hip-hop, right? I know that that sounds unrelated, but just hear me out. And where you don't bite someone else's style or material at all. That was a big no-no in those days, okay? And that's ingrained in who I am. In fact, you get your ass kicked physically and lyrically if you did that. And I've carried some of that same mantra into everything I do. And I don't want to bite anyone's style or material because it's that's part of me, you know? I always want to be as original as I can. Um, sure, I could do better, maybe, but whatever. So, first of all, Linda Moulton Howe. Lots of whistleblowers contact her. It's not like this guy that contacted her is the only one. And if you don't know her, she's on Ancient Aliens. She's got a lot of work. I'm, I'm not sure if she's a shill or not. I personally don't think so. I, I've never deep dived into her work to take a look, though. I just surfacely looked at her work, you know. Sherman is a cover name I made up to use in a place of the real insider I met in 1999. I made it up out of respect so I would not use his real name. I made it up on the show as I was speaking, not talking about Lyndon Molson Howe because I didn't know she got information from an insider named Sherman. That's just a coincidence. Just like the other insider I met in 2008, Robert is not his real name either. Okay, so there's that, right? I don't, I don't try to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying. Those are just. I don't want to give these people's real names out out of respect. Okay, and I looked into this book, The Gl Octopus of Global Control, and it's by Charlie Robinson. And I looked into it a while back before I got this letter because this show has a mutual listener of his. He's a podcaster, Charlie Robinson. Charlie Robinson is awesome. I like his material. And um, he has a great podcast. And his book came in 2017. I started the System Tentacles in 2013. That's time-stamped. I have no... I have, I have no... Uh, you know, association with Charlie. I've never met him or talked to him. I think he's great. But also, 
you know, it's not that hard of a metaphor to come up with about tentacles of the system and how it's all conjoined like a big leviathan. I mean, it, it's not that hard, and it came out of my own brain, okay? So, and then that little bit about Mark Passio, I learned a lot from Mark Passio, but who didn't? He's a teacher for teachers. The, the whole truth community takes notes from him. He's way advanced, and natural law exists with or without Mark Passio. I'm sure he's happy that we are all using his occulted information that he brought public. He wants that, right? And I'm not trying to copy him either. You know, nothing I am saying is new. It comes from me rather than other people. So it, 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 um, it's different as incoming from my personality, but it, it comes from, uh, it, it's just me putting it out. If you don't like me, don't listen to it. And what reason do I do this podcast the most? Here's the reason. To give out this information to the 95 to 99% of the population that doesn't know it or have any idea this info exists. That's who I make it for. In fact, just to toot my horn a little bit, I think this show is pretty original and offbeat and like no other show. I mean, chant it down is a reggae term, okay? But I'm not a reggae artist, and I don't try to be one. I'm an ex-hip-hop artist. I talk about the truth on planet Earth and connect isolated dots of widely diverse amount of topics to bring it to you. And so, in fact, I try not to pigeonhole, pigeonhole myself so I don't stay stuck in one school of thought, you may have noticed. But in this case, this fucker doesn't have to listen. But... Um, enough of that guy, right? But, but here's the main reason. I want, I want to incorporate this into today, today's talk, that last little bit, uh, especially the Earth is flat, quit talking about space. It almost feels like a bot or some agent decided to write me. It feels, it feels contrived. It feels, it feels like somebody surfacely listened to me to attack me. It's weird. And I think any, any of you could agree that our regular listeners of the show, somebody just wanted to hate and, you know, go ahead and hate. Fuck you. Right? So I'm not a copier. I try to stay original. And I, there's a lot of information that I cover that other people cover too. So, but this is what I wanted to get out of this. Let's, let's make lemons into lemonade. Everybody is stuck in little camps and infighting. And we have all these people that have decided that they know the truth and you don't. So let's look at these groups out there that we have and let let's let's take a look. Let's you know let's let's look at all this. Let, let, let me define these groups I'm I'm about to list as alternative thinkers. I mean they all have they're, they're, they're not happy with how the world is. They are not conventional. They're, in most cases, critical thinkers and groups of unrest. And you know, So, first of all, you got the truther community. And I would say, um, defined by the truth about 9-11, and then the whole study of how the elite are running the world, the New World Order, which was fathered by... Cons the conspiracy research movement before. And 
you get maybe a sliver break off of Christian patriots in this too that sort of are not quite part of that same thing, but sort of. You know, I came from the truther community first. I got the truth in 1999, and then 9-11 happened, and I clung to this. It made sense of the world finally, and it put, and I really felt like that's the path, that, and people are missing it. And so, but everything has its problems. My critique, my critique about the truth community is that they may not uh, see issues beyond their scope sometimes, and they can too. They they too they get stuck in their bubble, you know, and so there are that is my critique. But mostly, mostly very good. Just sometimes maybe not accepting of new things sometimes especially some of the old timers uh not the big names mainly but just you know there we need to be growing and evolving you know uh then we got anarchists we got anarchists of many hyphenations we got anarcho capitalists anarcho communists anarcho primitivists black block anarchists and voluntarianism and all these different little offshoots of anarchy. There are certain groups in there that I don't care for, such as the black bloc crowd. Most of them are probably on CIA payroll anyway. But all these groups fight amongst each other too. And I don't believe in government either, but what each group wants is different after government is gone. I think the best thing is to have no government, and a thorough understanding of natural law. But that will take years to get there from where we are now. And also people and also people also to allow people to live in a world that they want to live in, whether it's anarcho capitalism or 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 all on our your own in, in the forest somewhere, you know, but in general, they we want some of the same things. I'm an anarchist. I don't believe in government. Do I believe the world could be without a government right now? No. But, and is it realistic? Not, no. But it's where we need to get to, but we got to get there consciously first. But that's to ultimately see the problem. Most of our problems are stemming from government. But anyway, my, my critique is that there's just, there is a lot of people in it that maybe don't see the truth side of things too they just see that when all this needs to be blended you got the ufology crowd which can dip into the truth or crowd and conspiracy crowd often it does and i connect with this crowd at a distance i feel like it's been heavily infiltrated by charlatans but if you listen to this show we strain the best of what's in there and throw out the junk um my critique is mainly that, that there's just so much muddying of the waters and I want to get to the bottom of the truth of it. And I know there, there's a mountain of evidence to look at. So I'm not, I, I don't think that it's bullshit completely like some people do, but we must include that too. It's all part of the perspective. And I think that I actually hate when it's not included because we need to look at that all, all of it needs to be looked at. So you got the flat earthers. 
You got the round earthers, the dome earthers, there's teardrop shape earthers, hollow earthers, and everybody arguing about the shape of the earth. Here's my critique. I don't really subscribe to any of these because we truly don't know. I mean, have you been high enough to see the shape? Have you? I don't think so. And why is there no such thing as space if it's flat? Space exists. It's there. You know, we don't know everything. But certainly um, that hater from the email hates me because I talk about space and ETs. But does he know? He does not know anything for certain, neither do I. And in the past, I've dissed Flat Earth because we have more important issues on this Earth to think about than arguing about what shape it is. And how. And the thing is, how every blog or post has some unrelated from form of topic on it and a person trying to plug Flat Earth. You know, why is it so aggressive and why do we need to be talking about this when we need to zoom out or zoom in a little bit and think about, well, zoom out from just that and put, zoom in from the shape of the earth and think about the actual things that are going on on it. Because this is where it gets, it, it just, it's muddying the waters. But questioning everything is good, especially NASA, which should stand for never a straight answer, you know. Okay, so there's them. And I think there's great people that are flat earthers, okay? But I still think that that is just um, being used as a way to pin people against each other. Then you got the QAnon crowd, the Trump, pro-Trump crowd, um, you know. And my critique of this movement is that it, it was now obviously a psyop, but it did bring people more truth. It, it, I felt like a lot of people got tidbits of the truther info, but they didn't see the whole thing and maybe gave the truthers a bad name by people associated – the people associating the truthers with the QAnons, which you know are really different. And it was like truther light and still stuck in politics. And whether you hate Trump or like him, it brought more to the truth and, well – um, it is what it is, but these people could be brought to a higher learning of what's going on. And if, if it took that to bring them out of the system and supporting what they used to support, I think it's more good than bad. Okay. Um, and then you got the Occupy movement, which is now gone, but I feel like that was, Maybe sort of pre-Antifa crowd, maybe, but it was a group of people that were obviously of unrest, of many backgrounds. They're tired of the way the shit's going in the world. It felt very inorganic to me, to me like it was something that was planned and kind of a psyop on the people. But again, these people are realizing that nothing, that things aren't right and that some change needs to happen. And then you got Antifa. I mean, what is the goal of Antifa? They, I guess they want communism because they don't want capitalism, but I feel like that they are heavily flawed in their views. However, they are against white supremacist hate groups, and that's fine. If that's just the focus only, you know, okay. 
But what the media defines as these white supremacists or even right-wing people uh, or terror, right-wing terrorists are just – most of them are just patriots who want to keep their country from being taken over by communist mentalities and crazy dictatorship rules. A lot of these people are not what they're labeled as. They're just people that may not really see the bigger picture. Yeah, and a lot of them are just people with good hearts that don't want their country to become uh, what the global regime is trying to plan. And so to their best ability, they're finding it, but then they're being labeled as right-wing extremists and and, and uh and, you know, uh, white supremacists, and that's so far from the truth. So we have to look at that. But this Antifa, I mean, yeah, and of course they try to throw conspiracy researchers into the right-wing camp too, which is so far from the truth. And that's unfortunately what um, the QAnon crowd uh, did to this information. When most conspiracy theorists theorists are against a new world order dictatorship that has every bit of fascism in it, and they're against politics and um, what has become of of capitalism too. And if I'm talking to anyone out there that is that's Antifa, what um, you you wouldn't you find it suspect that a, a fascist asshole? named George Soros, funds your movement, you know? So, yeah, anyway, but these people are fed up with some things of the system that are wrong, so let's just hold them there for now, okay? And then you got the Black Lives Matter crowd, the BLM crowd, and get, and and, and I, I totally see why people are upset with things like George Floyd, just remember, though, the media put this in your face for a reason. But this shit has been happening in black communities for years. It should be no surprise. It's just that a lot of it didn't get light. And there are more shades of gray than just cops being dicks to the black community, too. There's, you know, some cops are actually trying to do their jobs, and some people are making it hard. And the, then there's some cops making it hard for the people that are living there. It's a really, you know... It's not a cut-and-dry, black-and-white situation, and literally it's not just a racist situation, and sometimes it is. But brutality definitely exists, and it needs to be fought. However, it's happening to everyone now. Look at how many arrests are being done to unvaxxed people in New York, you know? I mean, you know, so really, I don't know. Does this make any sense? I mean, here's, here's... here, we're, we're going to beat you with a baton because you don't have a vaccine in you to keep you safe from a virus. I mean, we care about you so much, we're going to beat you down because you're unhealthy and you ha- and have no vaccine. Yeah, that's, that's some real care right there. That's, that's, that's caring and loving with, with ponies and rainbows attached and, and teddy bears. Yeah, that's, that's 2021 logic for you right there, okay? But Black Lives Matter is admittedly a communist organization. Do you really think that the black community of the United States would enjoy a communist society? I don't think so. And I know many African Americans who don't buy into Black Lives Matter because 
really everybody matters. And do the, do the Black Lives Matter people have any long view of history regarding communism here? No, they don't. And so, anyway, but just to say that there are many black people that are against the New World Order, but they don't, you know, or against, uh, you know, thinking like in the communist form, but, you know, they care about their community. So, it, again, people get so isolated, right? Here's the thing, getting a little off topic. What do all these groups have in common? They don't like this current existence. They don't like a lot of the things that are happening in this life. And life is not what we want it to be. The system is fucked. We've been lied to, and we can all re relate and agree on that. It's time to unify. As hard as that sounds with all these groups I've just told you, especially those last two groups, um, as hard as that sounds, what's steamrolling toward us? A totalitarian system where we will all be heavily enslaved to by technology and medical tyranny. And nobody, none of these people, are going to like it. None of them, including your average normies, too. Nobody will. And you won't own anything and be happy in in the metaverse. You're gonna be you're not gonna be happy. <laughs> you know that's that's why again I put the truth community at the central hub of all this. That's why for nearly 23 years I've never left this position of understanding. And the reason why is they did their homework, they researched, they see the origins of who is behind this and what they want. And so but there are flaws with this camp too, just like all of them. All of them have their flaws. I think I think both BLM and Antifa still watch and believe the media, which needs to stop. But these are all these are our people of unrest, and they don't like what's going on. They just some identify it better than others, and we need to unite if we if if we want to beat this coming tyranny. We need to unite, and we can all sort out all of our differences later. And I, I think, too, if we actually did beat this entire evil and everybody united and said, we're not going to do this, it would change every single camp into some, time, some type of, of, of growth arc because, you know, we all don't know it all, right? But in the process of beating it, our differences would kind of melt away a bit too and we would all grow from that experience and it would be awesome but if you want to continue to to infight then we're just wasting our time and more importantly you're wasting your energy we're wasting our energy fighting about little differences in the in in, in, in that we don't even fully know about Everybody wants to have their turn to speak and they want their ego, you know, they want their ego shown and everyone has turned into extremists with their viewpoint. They've gone with what they think is absolute truth. But if we are still fighting at this point in history, we will not win against what's coming and or even currently what's here. So I consider everybody my friend that is willing to quest for truth and seek a better life and I 
like to get on levels with everybody I meet if I can. So back to my original question at the end of the world talk that I was saying is, could enough good people make this a better world and turn it around? Think about all of these camps for a minute, all these different camps. There's good people in each one. What is a good person? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to define, but, you know, there, it, it, it is objective to a lot of people, but there is real objective truth. But what do good people do? Good people want to live life to the fullest. They want to enjoy it, you know, have love around, you know, you know, abundance. They want to be happy. They want freedom. They want harmony. Civilization in its current form is not offering that. So that's why we are at the end of a cycle of the earth. Things must change. And in order to be the change you want to see in the world, which is overused by, you know, the Gandhi quote, but uh, anyway, um, we have to be humble to each other, get our heads out of our asses, and understand and battle the real evil. Can we do it? Not if we're infighting. If we're infighting, we're going nowhere. And we're on the sinking ship. And yes, we're rearranging the furniture and and it doesn't look good in any way. So 2022, the world will happen, you know, and it can happen their way or the people can put a stop to it. And I think, well, I think we can do it if we unify enough of us together, more people woken up from this and realize, you know, we got to stop focusing on each other and realize the media, the government, the lies, the propaganda, that's what's destroying us. We are humans that want freedom and love and all the good things about life. Some people get so so stuck in the fight, they turn into the people they fought against. Very important too. So I've rented a lot on this show, okay? But I want to make that message clear. The world doesn't have to end unless it's just, you know, what's hat. I mean, I'm okay with prophecy being fulfilled and having no way to stop it because it's bigger than me. Okay, but let's just say we could turn this thing around and it could be a really positive future instead of a really bleak future, you know? Maybe the only way out is through. But if we go through with the fight and win on the other side, that would be good too, wouldn't it? Well, you know, I'm an ex-hip-hop artist. I don't focus on hip-hop anymore. But I still freestyle, and I'm going to leave you with a freestyle on this show today, um, which is straight improv off the top of the head. But I'm going to give you it and, uh, and talk to you next year after that. It's time to flow. It's time for the mind flow, and the mind sows the seed so I can indeed be the one to come through like a bead on a necklace. The world is hectic, but we can always take it and arrest it and step in and do whatever we can do to progress in as I'm just repping and hedging and, and hedge trimming and edge trimming and going in and just beginning to be a man again because I'm not a mannequin. I'm just going to be slamming in. I'm just coming and cramming in a lot of words at the same time. There's not a lame rhyme. I'm just going to be the one to make a clay rhyme or a play 
dough rhyme, I make the play dough as I make those and I make lows and I make a load and go and I shoot it out like a bow and I be the ready to be bold and talk about everything in front of the people that, and don't be the one to be listening to what you're told because people are being taught a lot of things by the deceivers, the media that's giving everybody and everybody's the believers. They are just going to be thinking that they used to have those beepers. Now they got cell phones and now they, they're sell, they're, they've been selled and sold their own perspectives. They need to be catching the collective, the truth collective, the collective and be progressive and the one to be pressing and stepping in and pressing in and pressing it out of the world that we are stuck in. Don't be stuck in the bucket. Be the one to climb out like the crab, but instead climb out like a spider. I am a writer. I am a writer, but I'm just writing this as I go, as I flow, as I flow like a river and a giver and a deliverer like a deliverer and a sliver and ouch, it hurts, but I'm the one to get out. Uh, there's all the